Thank you very much, Peyton. It's a great song, Day by Day, and I hope you spend each day with the Lord. That is important, walking with Him. Well, I want to put up John chapter 15 and verse 5 on the screen, and I want each of you to help me say this again. Uh, hopefully, you've got it memorized by now because you are so such smart, brilliant people that it only takes once or twice, all right? So let's go ahead and go through this. Say this with me. John chapter 15 and verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. All right, I hope that will be your prayer for this year as we go through this. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to be here this morning. Thank you so much for the music. Thank you so much for the words of the song, Complete in Thee. Father, that one day we will stand before thy bar where everybody is assembled. We can honestly say, I know for sure in my own heart that I am complete in you. Father, that is such a comforting statement. Thank you so much for the special day by day. And with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Thank you so much that we have this strength in you. Father, that no matter what comes, we can find that in you. Thank you so much for all you do for us. I pray you bless this time as we open your word. I pray your will be accomplished. Thank you so much for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take your Bibles with me? Turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. While you're turning there, or as you finish turning there, I need you to pay attention to this deeply spiritual question. And I need you to raise your hands if this is you, okay? How many of you have seen Star Wars? Okay? Deeply spiritual, I know. Put your hands down. How many of you will be brave enough to say, I have never seen Star Wars? Raise your hand. Look, turn around and look at all this. You people... Wow. Okay, so for the record, I've never seen Star Wars up until just, a f like, I think COVID, right? During COVID. And now we denied it and denied it and denied it. Finally, we called Daryl Holmes and said, Daryl, we're going to watch Star Wars. Come over. <laughs> and uh, the whole time, my wife was asking, what's going on? What's going on? And I paused it and I said, do you know how Daryl knows what's going on? He watched the movie. Just watch the movie. Just watch it, okay? This is not a Star Wars um, plug, okay? But however, Star Wars is a massive sci-fi action film set in a galaxy far, far away. The core element of Star Wars is the eternal struggle between the light and the darkness. The light side of the Force as it's mentioned in the movie, is portrayed by the Jedi, who are protectors of peace. And the dark side of the Force is portrayed by the, the Sith. Good, well done. They are promoters of power and personal desire. It is, if you will, a classic portrayal of this ever-present conflict in life between light and darkness. By the way, this classic portrayal is ever-present conflict in life. It is ever-present. It never goes away. In fact, it is in almost every story. Marvel has its core element 
in the battle between light and darkness. DC, same thing. Lord of the Rings, guess what? It's set with that same core element between the, the battle between light and darkness. Harry Potter, set in the same core element. Chronicles of Narnia, set in the same core element. And truthfully, probably every movie written is set from that same core element, the battle between light and darkness. By the way, this is the same core element that is present in your life right now. It's the same core element that is present in your life right now. That's why these movies are so good. That's why we resonate so much with them because we're like, yeah, I feel that. I understand that. I know that. They delve deep into the core of our very being. By the way, this is why the Bible is so important. Thousands of years before Star Wars was ever written or Marvel was ever put on screen, or the Lord of the Rings was ever, ever even thought of. There has been an eternal battle between light and darkness. And today's passage reveals this ongoing internal and eternal struggle. But it doesn't just reveal the struggle. The wonderful thing about the Bible is it provides us with a solution for the struggle. So I want you to go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. We see in verse 6 that there is a man introduced to us here. His name is John. We find out through this passage and through other passages in Matthew, Mark, Luke as well that this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist and the writer John are two different people. John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He comes before Jesus Christ. He's Jesus Christ's cousin actually. And he is the forerunner. He goes before and he's going to be a witness of Jesus Christ. John the Apostle, the writer of this book, comes with Jesus Christ. He's walking with Jesus Christ. He's spending time with Jesus Christ. He's a disciple of Jesus. So we'll see more about John the Baptist as we go through this book. But for now, it's not really the focus of this passage. The focus of this passage is this light. Last week we studied verses 1 to 5, and where we learned that Jesus was the Word, the Word. He is God revealed to all mankind. And now we see John the Apostle is here not referring to him as the Word, but as the light. So we've got two kind of uh, parallel things looking at each other saying one's the Word, one's the light. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you walked into a room, turned on the light switch, and announced, I just turned on the light switch? Anybody? No. Or you and your family are out and about one evening, you walk into your house, you reach for the light, and you declare, I am turning the lights on now. There, the lights are on. We don't do that, do we? 
We don't have to declare that the light is on because, guess what? Light is obvious to almost every human being on the planet. You don't, it just, when it comes on, you're like, oh, the lights are on. It's subliminal. It's easy to see. It's not difficult. But notice with me what verse 9 says again. It says, that was that true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every single human being that has come into the world has now access to this light. You're sitting in this room today with lights on. Man, praise the Lord for that. We have electricity. We have heat. It's amazing. Wonderful. Listen, you have access to the light. It is shedding abroad on your hearts, on your lives. It is shedding here today. Jesus Christ is the light. It gives light to, notice the word, every man. Every man. Notice with me in verse 7. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men, all men through him might believe. I want you to notice those two words. These are very important words. All and every. All and every. Listen, all always means all and every always means every. So listen, guess what you are today? You are an all and you are an every. Listen, it doesn't matter if you think, listen, I'm not worthy enough. Listen, I wanted to tell you this morning that the light can be accessed by all and by every. It's so important. This light is available to every single individual on the planet. Jesus is not just a light that lights a few. He was the light that lightened everyone. And so that includes you. You have access to the light. The light of Jesus Christ has shined upon you. This is even prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. The Bible says that the people that walked in darkness have what? Have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Every one of us have walked in darkness. Sin is darkness. We've all walked in that. We talked a little bit last week about all of us have sinned. Every single one of us have sinned. We've all done wrong. So those that have walked in darkness, the shadow of death, sin will always bring death. For the wages of sin is death. Listen, that light has shined upon you. So why is it then that we're introduced to John the Baptist? Why is it then that John the Baptist has to bear witness of the light. Why is it that he has to declare, the lights are on? Why does he have to declare, hey, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world? Why did he need to declare that the light was coming and is now present? Couldn't everyone just see it? Couldn't everybody just figure it out? Just like we notice when the lights get turned on? You know, there are only a few people in the world that need a declaration that the light is turned on. They can't tell because they're blind. They're blind. When you're blind, you can't see. You can't tell when the lights are turned on. You don't know. All of us who have eyes and can see, guess what? We can tell when the lights are on. It's obvious to us, but those who are blind cannot See, I want you to take a look at the next couple of verses with me. Verse 10. 
He was in the world. This is the light. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, a reference back to verses 1 to 5. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Just take note of two phrases. The world knew him not, and his own received him not. The world knew him not, and his own received him not. Listen to me. When Jesus came to this earth, when God was made flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us, guess what? There were people that rejected him. There were people that denied him. There were people that denied that he was God. There were people that hated him. There were people that despised him. There were people that wanted nothing to do with him. And there were people that despised him and hated him and wanted nothing to do with him so much that they wanted to kill him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. By the way, there are these types of people today as well. When Jesus physically walked this earth, there were people that didn't want to have anything to do with him, wanted to kill him, wanted to get him out of their coasts. You don't want to be here. Keep him away from us. Here today in 2024, maybe sitting in this room, there are people who are saying the same thing. We don't want Jesus. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Keep him away from me. Let me ask you another question. Why would people reject the light? Why would people not want to walk into a building, a dark building, and turn the lights on? Why would anyone reject Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible gives us multiple examples. But I truthfully believe it all boils down to one reason. One reason is this. They are blind. They are blind. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So there is a being out there that is trying to blind our eyes. He is actively trying to blind us. Now, I believe there are a couple of reasons we as human beings are blind. Number one is found here in verse 9. This gives us a little bit of insight. That was, notice, the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You see, the, every word in the Bible is important. And the reason that there is this word true is because it indicates that there is also false. If something is true, then that means there has to be something that's false. Went out for coffee last night after the skating activity. And they have, at Tim Hortons, they have these sheets of paper that have trivia on them. And one of the questions that was on there was a true or false question. If there is something true, that means there has to be something false. And so here, why are we blinded? Number one is we're blinded because there are false lights. There are false lights. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. I'll show it to you on the screen. 
And no marvel, for watch this, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of what? Of light. All my life I have heard things like this. An angel appeared unto me and showed me in a dream. And then they continued to tell me about the dream. And listen to me, it is anti-biblical what happened in their dream. The Bible says that if anything goes against the word of God, throw it out. Even if it's an angel. Do you know why? Because there happens to be an angel of light who would love to deceive you, who would love to pull you away, who would love to teach you false doctrine, who would love for you not to get close to Christ because Satan does not want you near Jesus. There are so many people that are being duped by Satan. They are being told that they are good enough to make it to heaven. They are being told they don't need Jesus Christ. They are being told that they can just fulfill your own desires. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. They are being lied to by the father of lies. You know what he's doing? He's blinding them. So if I can boil it down into one term... We're being blinded by our own desires. We're being blinded by our own desires. By the way, this is seen in all the movies. What do, what do the villains want? They want power. They want to they accomplish what they want to accomplish. They want to fulfill their own personal desires. Listen, Satan is blinding us and many people through our own personal desires. And you know what that's doing? It's distracting them from the true light. It's blinding us. But not only does it mean that there are false lights, it also means that there are shadows, or if you will, lesser lights. Lesser lights. Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 1. The Bible says this, For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. Can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. See, these are really good things. These are, in fact, what I would call excellent things. But these things are not the true light. In this particular passage in Hebrews chapter 10, the Jewish people were so concerned about the law. Now the law was given. You could go back in your Bible and look, Exodus. You can see in Exodus chapter 20 there are ten commandments. Those things are the law. And listen, they're good things. Hey, don't kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Remember the Sabbath day to keep a holy, listen, good things, good things. They're not bad, they're not wicked, they're not evil, they're not fulfilling our own desires. Actually, really, really good things. But listen, the Jewish people were so concerned about the law, they wanted to hold on to that law. They wanted to continue to offer sacrifices. They wanted to continue to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. They wanted to follow their dietary restrictions. They wanted to continue to follow the law that God had laid out for them. And listen, not a bad thing. 
But as Pastor Holland has been describing to us in our afternoon services, God provided a better way. Jesus came to fulfill the law. In fact, Jesus says, I I am not come to destroy the law. I'm come to fulfill it. The Jewish leaders at that time could not fathom, could not fathom someone fulfilling the entire law. They couldn't. But this is exactly what Jesus was trying to accomplish. He was the, the true light. Those laws, guess what they were? They were a shadow of things to come, of good things to come. But they weren't the real thing. They weren't the real thing, and Jesus was revealing that true light. He was the true light to the Jews. But they couldn't see him because they were blinded by their own pride in fulfilling the law. The majority of the Jewish, Jewish leaders were pompous. They were bigger than life and they would walk into a room and they would brag about how wonderful they were and how they kept the law and how they just were just God's gift to mankind and they didn't want to lose that they wanted to hold on to what they had been given listen we are all like this as well you see there are many people in this world and maybe that sit in this room today that think That we can get to heaven if we just do all the right things. We think that if our good works outweigh our bad. We think that if I'm just a moral, upright person. I think that if I'm a good volunteer at a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen. Or if I give to charity or if I support my local food bank on a regular basis. If I pray enough. If I read my Bible enough. If I don't sin enough. If I pay enough money. If I do my catechisms. Listen, I want to make this very clear. Those are all great things. But they are just a shadow of the real thing. They're just a shadow of the real thing. They're, if you will, they're close. But you know, close only counts in horseshoes, right? I want you to write this statement down. The light is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. Listen, there are people all over this world today that are trying to achieve the true light of Jesus Christ. You cannot achieve it. It's just a shadow. The Bible says all have sinned and done what? Come short of the glory of God. No matter how hard you try to achieve it, you just can't get there. So we're blinded by that. We're blinded by our own pride in trying to achieve And please, God, you might be listening to this right now and you've been perhaps thinking that you don't need Jesus Christ. You just need to work harder, be a good person, be a better person. Please listen. I mean this with all kindness. You're blinded. Encouragement to you is this. Come to the light. 
Maybe you're listening to this and you've wanted, not wanted anything to do with Jesus. You've done your best to push him out of your mind, out of your life. You've distracted yourself with other things. You've spent time fulfilling your own desires. You thought those desires would bring you joy, but they haven't. You thought those desires would bring you peace, but they haven't. You thought those desires would bring you love that you so desperately crave, yet they haven't. In the meantime, you've just gone further and further down the hole and asked you, will you come to the light? Read verse 11 again. The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Look at verse 12. But, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Here's the wonderful truth about this verse is, though many people reject him, you can still receive him. Though you are blinded, and Satan is actively trying to blind you, the light can still overcome the blindness. There's one, one miracle or one type of miracle that no one in the Bible could ever do. You see, there are miracles that happen all the time in the Bible. Read the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of amazing miracles. In fact, Moses stood up and parted the Red Sea. Moses put his rod down and it turned into a snake. Moses put his rod into the Nile River and it turned into blood. Some amazing, spectacular things. There's even raising of the dead. Somebody threw a body into a tomb. And the bones of the famous prophet raised him back to life. Listen, people raise people from the dead. There's one miracle that I know of that nobody else did but Jesus did. He healed the blind. Many, many blind people were healed through Jesus Christ. Listen, he can heal our blindness as well. And he can heal your blindness as well. But as many as received him. As many as received him. Listen to me, don't settle for a shadow. Don't settle for a false light. There is only one true light. And if you will receive him, he will give you the power to become the sons of God. He will bring you into his family. He will make you, a. the Bible says in another place, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are a son of God. You are walking in him. Just believe on his name. You know, I find this very interesting. Jesus comes into the world, and people reject him. I was reading while I was studying, and 
this week, and it was just an interesting point. You know, human beings are the only thing of God's creation that rejected him. You know what the water did? The water held him up as the son of God. You know what the water did? The storm? It quieted when he said, peace, be still. The Bible says that if you and I don't cry out, guess who will? The rocks will cry out. Listen, all of nature believes and knows that he is God. That he is the true light. The demons also know and tremble. The Bible's full of times when the demons saw Jesus Christ and said, We know who you are, thou son of the most high. But here are you and I, human beings, sitting in this place today saying, nope, or not today, or I dabbled in that a little bit and I just don't care for it. Listen to me, don't settle for a shadow, don't settle for a false light. Come to Jesus Christ. Look at verse 13 as we try to close here which were born, notice, you become a son of God, so that implies birth. We'll get into that in John chapter 3. But it implies birth, notice, born not of blood. One of the things that the Jewish people were so concerned about was their blood lineage. I am a Jew. Listen, it doesn't matter what your blood lineage is. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter if you're from royalty, doesn't matter if you come from somebody that lived on the street their whole life. Listen, it does not matter your blood lineage. Born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Listen, it doesn't matter if you work as hard as you possibly can. You can't do it. You can't will yourself to it. You can't will yourself to be in the light. You cannot accomplish it. But notice, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There's only one way. You see, there's only one way to come to the light. And that is through Jesus Christ. Through God and his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 8 and verse 12, this is the last verse before we close here. And spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me, watch this, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You don't have to walk in darkness anymore. You can have the light of your life turned on. And you can have life in Jesus Christ. If you'll come to him. Hopefully I've announced that the lights are on well enough for you to come to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. Father, I think I know most people here, but I think there's some people that might not know you as personal Savior. Father, I pray that today would be that day that they would recognize, hey, the lights are on. Through your power, 
You can shed those scales of blindness off of our eyes. You can make us your son, your child, even though, Father, we don't deserve it. If there's anyone in this place or anyone that listens to this sermon that doesn't know you, Father, I pray that the day they listen to it, the day they hear it, today being this day, they would come to you. Come to the light of light. Father, we'll give you the praise and glory for it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.